Homestyle Green, episode 195. Passive House is applied physics at its best. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week we are going a little bit behind the scenes of the Passive House Institute in Darmstadt where I was very fortunate to be able to visit recently while attending the uh, Passive House Conference in Heidelberg this earlier this year. During my trip I was keen to catch up with some of the key people at Passive House Institute and um, a very key person is none other than Jessica Grove-Smith. I'll let Jessica introduce herself and how she came to be at the Passive House Institute but it's an exciting time for the Institute and I thought this was a really good opportunity to uh, find and talk to the people behind Passive House. You grew up here? I grew up in Darmstadt, yes. And then spent some time and then uh, I spent some time in the UK, is that right? I spent quite a lot of time abroad. I went to school in Australia. Yeah. I finished school in Australia. In a place called Casino, New South Wales. Sounds very Texan. Middle of nowhere, New South yeah. Wales, yeah. Yeah. And then I went from there and I went to university in the UK because I have the English background, my mum's English, so I wanted yeah. to live in England for a while. Went to the UK, studied there. And, you and did studied straight physics. 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 Yeah. Physics. And yeah. then I was looking after the degree, I was looking for something meaningful to do with my degree. I just thought, okay, I want to do some applied physics, something mm-hmm. where I can really use my knowledge and contribute to making the world a better place, so to speak. And I looked around, I ended up doing a few internships. Um, The one that got me onto Passive House was an internship in Denmark, actually, at an information centre that they promote promote or work a lot on renewable energies and energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of kind of... They were involved in the very early developments of wind energy, and they've always tried to kind of push anything with regard to cleaner energy. Yep. Um, They had some... um, so a very old kind of solar house. They had a straw bale house. They had some quite interesting, innovative projects for the time. And through them, I learned about Passive House. Started yep. reading about it, was intrigued about it. Did they have some Passive Houses there? Not at the time, they do now. So now they have a Passive House so how did you, home. how did you come across it in, in Denmark? About Passive House? They, they it's because the place where I was doing the internship is kind of an information centre. Right. So they have all sorts of seminars and information about different topics relating to renewables and energy efficiency. Right. And one of the topics that they were promoting or talking about was the importance of energy efficiency in the sector of buildings mm. and then Passive House being the most kind of advanced solution. What was area. it about that that appealed more than, say, windmills or... Generation it has just a, has appealed a more to me as a solution or an effective way of changing things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just more intrigued to learn more about it. Yeah. So I was just reading about it, learning about it, and I saw that the Passive House Institute had a job opening. Back here uh, in Germany? Back here in Germany. And that was after my internship, or my internship was coming to an end. Right. So, you're so a, I applied. Were you... Going to be moving back to Germany anyway? Or? I didn't know. No, I didn't. I was hmm. open. I was the world, open. The world was, <laughs> the world. The world was my oyster. Yeah, well, no, this really was, was because you, you know, you've been in Australia, UK, yeah. you UK. You, you presumably, you, know, you. I was very open to going yeah. somewhere else. I did an internship in Africa in between to explore wow. solar energy. Yeah. 
exciting. And then I came here for the for the job. I did an internship for six months. How many people were at the institute then? I think 10 to 15, 15 maybe, around that. And that was here in Darmstadt? That was here in Darmstadt, yeah. And been here since? Been here since. What was your role when you first started? When I first started, I um, researched from the very beginning. I did a bit of um, monitoring data analysis. I think one of the first projects I was involved more in more detail was analysing monitoring data from a compact heat pump unit, which was installed in a project in Frankfurt. Um, and they were checking how does it work, what are the problems, is it? Because the whole concept, the whole idea of the compact heat pump unit is, is very kind of... Um, Innovative and beneficial for passive houses. It's a new, new idea. Yeah. Um, so we had some quite detailed monitoring data, and I was checking the performance. So that's something that I'm just learning more about, which mm -hmm. I hadn't thought. I, I just assumed that um, Passive House Institute looked after this big spreadsheet called PHP <laughs> and yeah. and maintained the the standard. Mm -hmm. What's, what interest does the Institute have in things like heat pumps? Why, why are you interested in that beyond just the, the envelope of the building? Well, because in order to kind of evolve and develop the standard, you need a good understanding of the systems. Mm -hmm. And looking, I mean, the envelope is definitely the kind of fabric first approach is the entry door and is yep. the biggest kind of energy saver. Yep. Um, but the combination with the mechanical systems um, makes it as an overall efficient system. And if you look at kind of what um, opportunities arise once you've got kind of um, the envelope sorted, which is kind of the easy part in a way, yep. um, you have a lot of potential into simplifying the heating systems and the ventilation systems. Right. And that's kind of one of, the, one of the areas where the Institute has been doing quite a lot of uh, research to try to change that market. Yeah. Um, to increase the demand for yeah because because conventional systems are oversized they're often too complicated they're too expensive if you yeah. have the passive house with a much lower heating load and heating demand you can move to much simpler systems yeah and those systems didn't exist prior to passive house because they would have been too small right um, so there was a there's there's still a bit of innovation potential in that area too and I, I guess one of the things that the institute is also really good at is is checking that these things are actually mm -hmm. performing or seeing how they perform exactly. compared with the, the exactly. marketing material from the, the suppliers, exactly. which is a yeah. guy went to Thomas's um, presentation about heat pumps. Yeah. yeah. And he's created a new tool, I think, mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. people. And the fact that he even needs to create that tool suggests mm -hmm. that consumers mm -hmm. aren't getting the information mm -hmm. um, that they need. Mm -hmm which seems to be rife in that, particularly in that field of, of, of heat pumps, because some of the claims can get made pretty... Well, I think it's for different products. It's, it's for heat pumps, it's also for ventilation systems, it's partially also for, for windows. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the areas the Institute's been doing is to make sure that the, um, there's some transparency about the data that gets kind of released to the consumer so they know what the quality of the product is. Yeah. In terms of the energy performance, right? I think that's yeah. that's what often that's what's often mis misleading that 
and the manufacturers provide data, and it's not necessarily that that data is wrong, but it doesn't fit in the context that the product's going to be used in. Yeah, so, so the, it's the in-use mm -hmm. data, exactly. which is really important, because exactly. you, can, you can get what numbers you like out of a laboratory, yeah. but yeah. seeing how people are actually yeah. using these systems, and that's, I guess, one of the things, because I, I guess one of the strengths of um, the whole institute, Passive House, mm -hmm. is keeping people honest, really, or... Yep. or, or Pairing it right back to the the physics yeah. Yeah. and the science, yeah. but applied science. So it's not just the theoretical science, but yeah. the the yeah. real life exactly. situations. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's something, like I said, I hadn't appreciated how okay. much of that real life testing that. I think um, it was one of the original ideas or intents uh, of founding this institute or creating this institute. Is to was to kind of bridge the gap between the research mm -hmm. and the practitioners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To say, okay, there's all this research research going on, all these ideas and innovations, but how can we um, break that down into something that's useful and meaningful, so that it actually gets implemented in the project? And how do you think Eve, uh, well, the Passive House Institute and mm -hmm. and Eva is doing on that? If you look back at what's happened since the institute was founded, then pretty pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, passive house uh, 20, 25 years, twenty years ago was an unknown term, and yeah. now I think it's it's really visible in the market. I mean, we're still small in the overall global scheme of things, but it's being talked out at the highest kind of political levels and recognised as as an impactful solution. Can you run us through some numbers? How many? Do you know the? Do you know the? <laughs> How many countries? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't want to give you a wrong number. Yeah. I, don't know. I know that we have 2 million square metres of certified uh, treated floor area passive house. That's significant. So and a whole heap more coming online through China now. Yes, exactly. So we're now at an interesting point that passive house is um, picking up a lot in China and also being picked up across North America for really large-scale projects. So yeah. we're talking about these high-rises and then obviously you get significant amount of square yep. metre in, yep. in one project. Yeah. What are some of the most significant things that have happened in the, in the 10 years that, that you've been here? Are there, are there moments in time or sort of tipping points that, that you think have really taken Passive House up a level? It's a good question. I don't know, I'd have to think about that. I wouldn't say there's kind of tipping points of specific things that have become available. It's more of a transition that things kind of gradually mm -hmm. change and improve and especially become more available and more clear. Um, yep. But it's definitely a continuous growth, I wouldn't say. There's so kind a steady, of, yeah. steady growth over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been some pretty, I guess, some pretty big significant individual projects, which yes. I guess become smaller relatively as the whole thing grows, yeah. like um, where we were the other day, but the, um, that whole area. The, the um, Barnstadt area, Barnstadt. yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Definitely. So there's always, yes. So I think, I think um, obviously, there's, there's individual events and there's especially projects that can cause a lot of inspiration. So yeah. um, it's whenever, for example, a community decides, okay, they're going to adopt Passive House in any way. So I remember yeah. when Frankfurt, for example, said, yes, this is the way we're going to move forward. Um, we're going to take a lead by saying that 
or the public buildings have to be built to passive house standard. Yeah. So obviously, that creates a lot of attention. Yeah. It creates a lot of projects. Yeah. And in my experience, it's still one of the biggest driver once you start building projects and people visit those projects and get practical experience and see that it works. Yeah. Then that's what causes more inspiration. Yes. So big project developments like the Barnstadt, where Heidelberg said, oh, wait, we're going to do this whole area, mm-hmm. um, is very significant, but also pioneer projects like the high-rise in New York, for example, mm-hmm. or the high-rise project in Spain. Yeah. So from the two past years, um, get a lot of attention. Yeah. And it also yeah. then starts involving more people who maybe didn't know about Passive House beforehand. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there are also some... Have there been any countrywide statements about, about Passive House? I always think of Ireland, I'm, but I'm, I'm never quite sure what they exactly... I don't know the details of Ireland, but yes, they have. They do have some very ambitious um, goals, yeah. as does Luxembourg, I believe. Yeah. And it seems, particularly here in Europe, as, as countries have commitments, mm-hmm. even if they don't say all houses must be passive house mm-hmm. or all buildings, they, they, they get kind of close to that, or they, they tend to use passive houses as a as Some a of them, a yes. Reference. Some of them, no. It's an interesting dynamic. Right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, certainly what, I, what I'm noticing here in Europe is that there's less and less of a contrast between some of the energy standards that are in place... Yeah. Exactly. So the energy standards are definitely step by step moving closer and closer yeah. towards passive house. Yeah. Um, because that's the clear direction that politics are taking. Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily make things easier for passive house because then the difference is less visible for kind of. Yeah, I can in mean, some ways it can be challenging. Yeah, so it can happen that it seems at a first glance that actually the building standard is quite close to passive house. And then the general client consumer says, well, why would I bother going that last step? Yeah. But if you understand the technical details, um, then there is still quite a vast difference. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's a different conversation to be had. Right? If you know that the, out, that the, kind of the energy standard is already very close by code, mm. then it's a completely different way of approaching the situation. Yeah, because at the end mm. of the day... You the reason for going that extra distance is, is really about the assurance, right? And, and it's about the quality assurance, yes. Yeah. It's about the durability. Mm. It has a lot to do with kind of lock-in effects. Right? Every time... Um, it's, it's a missed opportunity every time you don't go that extra mile. Yeah. Um, so if you build a building that's 80% there... Yeah, then you're not going to renovate that within the next... Within the next well, potentially year. you're building a 100-year... Yeah. Building exactly. It's going to be there. It's never going to be exactly as good as it could have been. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you see? I won't ask you in the next ten years because that's probably a bit unfair. But say next three to five years, what what do you think's on the horizon for Passive House and, and and the institute? I think we're going to see a lot more um, uptake in. The hot climates, hot and humid climates. I mean, that's starting now, definitely, with China. Yep. And with pilot projects in Sri Lanka and in Bangkok. There's one we're working on at the moment. Um, but that's an area where we still need to... No, where there's still a lot of potential. Mm. Um, what I'd like to see is also more involvement in kind of evolving economies. So India, for example, where there's a lot of urbanization. And if we really want to tackle climate change, that's where things need to change and happen. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult to predict, predict or to see um, 
whether passive house will pick up in those areas. Yeah. We're certainly having those conversations, but I don't know. Who's driving them? Where, where are those conversations coming from? Different different sides. Um, it's partly individuals who are interested, who've picked up on it and said, yeah. okay, this is something I'd like to try in my country. It's also coming from politics. So, I mean, Passive House is being talked at at a UN level. It's represented at kind of the climate conferences. Right. Um, and I'll put a link to that. I mean, that project in, in Sri Lanka yeah. is, is fantastic for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you think of... Um, the labour of mm -hmm. you know making shirts and mm -hmm. things and, and those conditions to be working in, but to have a, a retrofit project like that um, that must make life just so much more pleasurable and bearable. Um, it's just yeah, it's an incredible yeah project. Yeah. But and, and where does that come from? Yeah, where's the spark that? drives that. I believe in that situation it was the client, it was basically the company who said we've committed as a company to have good buildings right. to create a good working environment for our workers yeah. to to have a more sustainable approach as a company and they found Passive House as, as a as a pathway. Yeah. And they then worked with um, an architect and engineers from New York who had Passive House experience. Right. And I would hope that you you know, one, just one of those in a place can make a huge difference exactly. because then people exactly. talk about it, they visit it. And, and it already has. I mean, we have a few communications in, in, in India um, and they always say, oh, but does it work in our conditions? And being able to say, well, look, something's been built yeah, in Sri yeah. Lanka and yeah. maybe it's not perfect, yeah. but it's a very, very big step yeah. and it can be done and it actually is achieving energy savings. We've got the monitoring data, so that really helps. Yeah. I think you've hit two things that I'm personally really excited about as well is, is the affordable affordability yeah. in fact when you're looking at yeah. Yeah, those, those most in need because mm -hmm. there is a perception that it's really high end and mm -hmm. expensive and, mm -hmm. um, and the other one is the hot climates which mm -hmm. is us <laughs> in New Zealand well, oh, well, well, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about uh, um, Bangkok and Asia you're talking you know, tropical and, mm -hmm. and if it can work there which we know it can but the more examples of that Yep. the better because then that also takes away from this perception that it's just for Germany yep. it's just for cold climates no it definitely definitely isn't I mean there's there's some really exciting projects across Spain that have very warm yeah. hot summers yeah. uh, that, that are fantastic and very inspiring in Greece as well yeah. um, taking some of those ideas to New Zealand would be great so do you feel like you've found your um, ideal job of applied physics I think so, yes, I have. Nice. Yeah. What's the best thing about working here? That it keeps changing and evolving and there's just always something new and exciting to work on. Yeah. Right? So I hope you get to, to go and visit some of these exciting projects from time to time. Sure, I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and engaging with that whole international community of yeah, very yeah. committed and passionate people who yeah. want to make a difference it's yeah and well that's the thing I think it, it is making a real difference as well to, to real people in everyday lives which yeah. um, I imagine some people that um, do physics degrees don't always get the, the chance to do yeah I mean there's many very exciting areas in physics but yeah this is yeah yeah uh, cool thank you thank keep you. up the good work same to you <laughs> 
And that was Jessica Grove-Smith, who is a senior scientist and now a director of the Passive House Institute in Darmstadt, where the Institute's gone through uh, some changes recently with the, um, I guess, retirement, you could say, of Professor Dr. Wolfgang Feist. Uh, he's going to still be around, but um, is handing over the reins of the Institute to some of the staff there after his uh, 25 years plus of running the uh, the institute himself hope you enjoyed that uh chat with jessica love to get your feedback you can email me matthew at homestylegreen.com you can also check it out uh, the facebook page of homestyle green and uh, i'd love it if you shared this podcast if you do find it interesting let others know head over to itunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and uh, leave a rating and review that would be awesome Uh, so we can help spread the word. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.